When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. So today, welcome to the back of my mind. It's a chaotic, busy, often confusing place. Sometimes it only takes a comment or even an observation by a fellow hobbyist to send me into some philosophical ramblings. And today, you're just going to have to suffer with me as a result of one such comment that arose during a discussion. It got me thinking, and that's often dangerous, uh, because, you know, when I think... Uh, deeply, it leads to some weird stuff, but bear with me here. So the other day, a fellow hobbyist was observing one of my tanks on, I think it was Instagram, and he told me this particular tank and several others that I've done are great examples of realism. Now, the, and I put realism in air quotes. Now, it was a compliment, yes, and I was duly flattered. However, it also appeared to be an observation which seemed oddly off somehow. I mean, Realism is a term from the world of fine art, and it's used to describe artworks which are painted in a realistic, almost photographic way. To label an aquarium realistic is really an homage to its appearance, an aesthetic appraisal. Now, that's cool, but I think every aquarium essentially is a microcosm, a little closed ecosystem, and is by definition authentic or real. It's a biological system, right? So the realism part of this comment seemed to me to refer to its appearance only, an aesthetic statement. It's all good, but it's the most shallow of all appraisals, really. I know only Fellman could take a compliment and just be pissed off at it. But I take that sort of appraisal of a tank as almost an insult. Yeah, it's in my own head, but it's like those comments about, you know, biotope contest tanks, uh, where people talk about how it's, you know, it looks like this, or it needs to have this to, to, you know, to, to be a real biotope or, or whatever, wherever that, that takes you. To me, it implies that it looks the part, but it doesn't acknowledge that it's a functional operating miniature closed ecosystem. I mean, it makes sense. I get it. The look is what we can see easily and immediately, especially in a picture or a video. The function, which to me is everything in these types of aquariums that we play with, is more difficult to discern. You, You can't see it from a photo. You have to live with this type of aquarium to understand, experience, and appreciate this aspect. So that's an example of the bizarre shit in my head on any given day. Only I could take a compliment and just freak out about it. Now, in the more broad sense, let's think about a truly natural aquarium, one in which appearance is a result of the function. It's the arena that I like to play in. It's not for everyone. It's a place where there's a lot of room for innovation. Recreating some of the function of natural ecosystems, to me, is just fascinating. And it creates a very difficult challenge sometimes. Think about the idea of replicating some types of natural habitats in our aquariums. By replicating, I mean attempt to create a functional version of a specialized natural habitat. Now, there's many who are going to immediately dismiss this idea as complete folly because we can't possibly recreate every single aspect of an open natural ecosystem. I know, nerd, I get it. (laughs) You know, all those chemical, biological, meteorological inputs which affect the formation, the form, and the function of a specific habitat. Yes, 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 I get that. However, we can create many of these inputs and do so in a way that creates a functional representation of the ecosystem on a smaller, closed scale that we wish to portray. Of course, even that is likely you know, downplaying some of the challenges. Stuff like 
I don't know, creating deep leaf litter beds in our aquariums. It's no longer a no-go thing in the aquarium hobby, which I think is pretty cool. I've seen a lot of people do them just like, you know, we've done here for years. We can actually execute these things. The big problem, I say that again in air quotes, that kept people from recreating functional leaf litter beds in the aquarium uh, for so many years was the hobby mantra of not allowing organic materials to break down in our tanks for fear of pollution. I say as I take a cup of coffee, sip of coffee. And of course, the reality is that the whole point of a leaf litter bed is to facilitate the breakdown of leaves, the sequestration of nutrients, and the colonization and reproduction of beneficial organisms, you know, fungi, bacterial biofilms, minute crustaceans, etc., etc. Not only does the presence of leaves not present a problem, it's the primary driver of the ecological processes that we want. In years past, the recommendation was to siphon out and remove leaves and all that stuff as it broke down, which in reality created the very dynamic of pollution that hobbyists were so desperate to avoid in the first place. Removing the fuel that drives the ecology of the system creates problems for many of the organisms along the food chain which consume it, depriving them of their food source and leading to an incomplete system which will struggle to maintain good water quality. It's true. In this case, realism as I say in quotes, is simply a matter of allowing the aquarium ecosystem to do what it does with minimal intervention or interference on our part. The whole problem with keeping leaf litter bed aquariums that we had is one that we as humans created, in my opinion. Leaf litter-based aquariums work. We've also heard of the problems with attempting to create the functional aspect of brackish water ecosystems, specifically the deep mud and sediment-rich substrates, decomposing mangrove leaves, and even the mangroves themselves. All these things contribute to a closed ecosystem which has a large quantity of organic material present. And of course, that, ner- that term organic material freaks people out. Again, it was a case of taking the warnings into account and sort of analyzing why the hobby was telling us that we shouldn't do this. The reason, once again, was that it embraced a high level of organic materials present in the system. It required an understanding of the basics of aquarium husbandry and ecology and the ability to observe, monitor, and maintain this type of aquarium, taking into due account the amount of stuff that was in the system. And above it all, it needed an understanding that the organic material present in the tank was the primary driver of the ecology. Once again, something that I wanted and didn't fear. Rich substrate-based brackish water aquariums work. I'm sensing a pattern here. It's a matter of learning the rules of the road and accepting that you need to manage the aquarium that you're creating in perhaps a different manner than other systems you've played with before. The idea of recreating the function and processes which occur in seasonally inundated systems like flooded, flooded forest floors, pantanal grasslands, and temporal pools is really exciting to me. Replicating that wet and dry seasonal change is a completely different approach than we've done before, that whole urban agapo thing that we talk about around here. Like so many other unusual approaches that we try in the hobby, it requires an understanding of the dynamics of the natural habitat that we're trying to replicate, and then considering how this can play out in a closed ecosystem. Well, for one thing, we learned that the soils of these seasonally inundated areas are specialized, and that they include a lot of sediment-type materials, which have not been something we as hobbyists have cared to introduce in the aquarium before. Why? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons, not the least of which is that they cloud the water for some period of time, and they may have different chemical impacts on the water. Again, these were things that we have avoided in the hobby for one reason or another for years. And again, managing a closed aquatic ecosystem through a wet and dry cycle has implications for its life forms, which reside in it. You need to monitor and be aware of the physical, chemical, and biological implications of this process and the challenges it presents for the animals, and you need to manage that. And to be open to creating and perfecting new techniques to do so. Seasonally inundated aquariums work. They work very well. 
I think the whole realism thought, which opened this whole little windy little discussion, is something that we as hobbyists need to get our heads around in a different way. It's more than just the aesthetics. And we also need to understand that just because trying to recreate a natural habitat requires us to face some stuff that we're not familiar with or that we've been told is ill-advised, difficult, or even dangerous, it doesn't make it impossible to do that. It just means that we need to get our heads around some new stuff and not be afraid to occasionally do stuff that's contrary to aquarium hobby best practices or recommendations. Not to you know, give the middle finger to the hobby, hobby establishment and do crazy stuff just to be rebellious. Rather, it's to do our best to incorporate new ways to recreate many of the functions of nature in the closed confines of an aquarium. It's a pretty cool thing. And quite honestly, I don't think there's any problem with realism in that context. Simple thought for today expressed in a very complicated way. Back to my coffee, but hey, we've got this. Move forward. Stay bold. Stay innovative. Stay excited. Stay studious. Stay enthusiastic. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tanit Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.